0: Welcome to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, What is truth? Now, your hosts, Dr. and Pastor of Grace and Truth Church in Amherst, Michael Caesar, and co host Johnny D.
1: Want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
2: Do like Jesus said search the scriptures, and you'll know what is truth. Amen. And welcome to another edition of the What Is Truth radio show Sunday mornings right here. Hope you're having a beautiful Sunday as we are. Uh, We enjoy this hour of time with you. We hope you enjoy. We thank you the uh, letters and the emails that we get. And every week what we like to do is delve into the deepest truths that you can find right here in God's Word. Things I never found when I was in university. And we have been uh, studying a great history book you know the bible is a unique book of a history when you think of religious books so many of them start out with do this and don't do that and you you read the the bible and it begins with a history in the beginning god created this and then he made this and then he did this and then he put a man here and it's a a story of history because what god wants us to know is the true history of his work and the true history of mankind we don't actually need anthropology We've got the Bible, and Amen. we've got God's testimony. Amen. Amen. And here in the New Testament, God is giving a, a history of how Jesus Christ began to build his church, what is known as the Church of Jesus Christ of the New Testament. That's the true one church, the pillar and ground of truth. And what Jesus did is after he ascended, he gave a command to, to his uh, disciples, there were 11 of them left, and he told them, wait for the promise of the Father. And and they went into the upper room, and with one accord, they prayed, and they waited, and Acts chapter one, when we get to the end of it, we come to chapter two, and the day of Pentecost was fully come, and now we're gonna see how Jesus begins to build his church using people like you and me. Christ wants to build this work, and the, the history of the New Testament church is recorded for us right here in the Acts of the Apostles. And you know it's it's hard sometimes to find an accurate history of the church. I've read a lot of books with a lot of confusion, and it's so much better when I go to God's word. This is Amen. Dr. Michael Caesar here in Amen. the studio with you. Amen. We have our panel of truth. I have Mark Sasse, he's a, a Bible student, he's an evangelist, he's a street preacher, He's a truck driver, he's a farmer, <laughs> but you know what he is? He's a Christian who loves the word of God and Amen. he studies and he, he does some great research for us. I see his notes. I have uh, John Giuseppe with me, uh, a businessman, an entrepreneur, <laughs> also a Christian who loves the word of God. He's got his notes and we're going to go into chapter two, gentlemen. Is that where we
1: are today? Chapter 2, we, uh, we we were at the spot where uh, Peter stood up and started to explain what was going on. Very and they good. they were speaking in all these different languages. So we
2: invite yeah. you, if you're out there and you can, grab that Bible, open to the Acts of the Apostles,
1: go to chapter 2 and... Gentlemen, let's go away. Amen. See Amen. What we got. So, here in the book of Acts, in, in chapter 2, at the first 13 verses of the chapter, it was on the day of Pentecost, mm-hmm. and uh, there was a noise of a ry- rushing mighty wind in verse 2, and then uh, cloven tongues like as of fire came upon the apostles. And in verse 4, it says they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then it says on further that uh, the men heard them speak in their own language. So tongues, it's trying to, the Bible often is like a running dictionary. It'll use a word in one
2: verse and then the next verse, it'll give you another one to explain what it means. And so he's saying tongues. Our languages.
1: And then God repeats when it's something important and he wants you to grasp the meaning of it. He might repeat it two, three, four, five times. And so he talks about languages in verse 6. He uh, mentions that they were all Galileans in verse 7. How can they speak all these different languages? In verse 8, we hear every man in our own tongue wherein we were born. So he's repeating it over and over. And then verse 11, it says, Cretes and Arabians, we do hear them speak in our tongues, meaning our language. The language we
0: grew up with. That's right. By the way, it's interesting
1: when you you study a language,
2: and um, I was never good at it, but I had to do some study because of the Bible, and I was reading a book by a linguist, um, Dr. Mo a Jewish man that worked at New York University and he's worked with other linguists around the world in Japan and Europe. They're trying to actually find the very first language on planet Earth going back to the beginning yeah way way in the beginning now, they got as far back as Hebrew and they're they can't seem to find anything before that. They're thinking maybe there was a language in Eden, the Garden of Eden language but anyways as they were going through it, they were explaining that when it comes to uh, speech, Of course, you need the vocal cords so that you can, if you will, phonate, and so the vocal cords, and they can make a sound, but then you need the tongue to articulate, to make the consonants and the vowels, and when we're little, our tongue, we listen to how mom and dad speak, we begin to imitate them, and our tongue gets kind of fixed with certain movements, and so if we grow up in America, we speak American tongue. If we grow up in France, and when you're older... And then you try and learn French. Your tongue is kind of frozen in American. And to a French person, it sounds like you have an accent, even if you're saying the words that are on the page, because right. your tongue has trouble with. So tongues are languages. It's a language. It's, it? a it's yeah.
1: interesting you mentioned accent, because I remember one time being in the middle of nowhere fishing in Canada. And another boat came along and we asked, hey, how you doing today? And they just spoke for a minute. And I said, you guys are from Pittsburgh. And they're like, how do you know that? And I go, I can tell for sure by that, your accent. That dialect, the way that yeah. tongue,
2: the, the certain ways of speaking. So, so now, thankfully, the only people that speak proper that I've ever heard are from Brooklyn and Bronx. They oh. they know
0: the American lame brother. Oh, well, don't let me go there. You know, I, so I had to take a speech class. Okay. Okay. So I, I, I sound bad now, but when I was in my 20s, it was real bad and because um, you grew up of, where i grew up in queens okay and, um, <laughs> and uh you know they taught the language came from the cockney
2: mm-hmm.
0: that's why the english cockney and what happens you talk about tongues what happens is uh you, we have lazy tongues and it lays in the bottom of our mouth okay and that's why we don't cross our t's and dot our eyes and everything's these uh and we just talk like that and we don't breathe. Oh, people. I see. So when we talk like that, you know that, then you know that, Joey? Yeah. And, you know, and Sylvester what, Stallone. Just, okay, yes, just, I got so it, you yeah. just let your tongue okay, lay in your yeah. mouth. So you know what they did? The tongue is a muscle. Right. I to make this whole speech. No, class, it's true. But the tongue is a muscle. And this one speech teacher, she was terrific. She said, I'm going to cork you. She <laughs> took a, a cork. <laughs> yeah. And she put, you had to hold it in your teeth and then you had to, you know, some, some, part, articulate, some script, really some script, some, mon- some monologue, right? Like, yeah. like, remember the Pirates of Penzents, I am Sure, the, I am the very model of model major general, you know, <laughs> but your tongue snap snapping all around because you, it's, your teeth are open and your tongue would have to over articulate. And, yeah. and when you were done, <laughs> home on the bus that night, I mean, I'm, my tongue, <laughs> but it is true. It is. Your yeah, tongue is doing ups and sit-ups exactly. in there. Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. Exactly. So, so, um and that, that's why you don't go, you don't go the, you're the. Okay. Okay. Right. Duh. Anyway, that, yeah. that's enough for you now, listener. So, right. don't, don't, so make don't make fun of me. Don't make fun of me. It's Talk. been my, my, my life.
1: Yeah. And, and, you know, some people, I, I'm going to move on from mm-hmm. the tongues and the languages, but I just want to finish by saying that the Bible got, gives more light on this and more explanation and understanding on this in 1 Corinthians chapter correct. 14. But correct. you need a King James Bible in order yeah. to have the correct wording of it, yes. because in a King James Bible, you'll find that Paul, the apostle, warns the Corinthians against an unknown tongue. which yes. And the word unknown is removed from the modern Bibles, yeah. yes. so it takes out the whole understanding. So Whoa. you need, if you have any questions about tongues, read Acts chapter 2 in a King James Bible, well,
0: th- and then read 1 Corinthians 14 touch in on a King it, James. T- touch on it for the listener. I mean, we're, we're going well, well, to do this rapture, okay well, but here, the charismatic movement and this whole speaking of tongues, yes. is a lot of confusion Correct. Well, that, yeah. Paul says, you know, you you walk you walk in with somebody new and they have a bunch of people talking this gibberish, you they're gonna run out of there.
2: Yeah. Actually you know? Paul did say that. He said yeah. if if uh, if if a whole church comes together and they're all speaking with tongues and they're coming on un, unbelievers, they'll say, Boy, these people are mad. I mean to speak That's right. in an unknown language. Doesn't make any sense. When you go to church, again, as Paul explained, the church is the pillar and ground of truth. The job of the church is to have a man up front that opens the Bible and says, let's open to this passage, Let's give attendance to reading. We read this passage and now let us expound and
1: explain this passage and teach it like we're doing here with the book of Acts. That's what
2: God wants. Yes.
1: Right. And right in that same chapter of 1 Corinthians 14 is that familiar verse, for God is not the author of confusion. Right. 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 I love that verse. So really really, really. God doesn't want you to be confused yeah. on this. All you can do is just simply read those chapters, Acts two and First Corinthians fourteen, that are unchanged in a King James, the old King James Bible. Amen. The Amen. old book, the good book. So Amen. here we are back in history, and it's the it's the day of Pentecost. By the way, that
2: was the second big feast of the Jewish year. The first one was the Passover in early spring. Now the Pentecost is in very late spring, like 50 days later. Right. And so they're all gathered together in Jerusalem. People. Want to explain the
0: Pentecost real quick. What the Pentecost was.
2: The, the guest of uh, the feast of uh, weeks, they called right. it. When the first um, crops would begin to come in. Yeah. And, and that's when they would gather together and they were rejoicing because they were living in the land of what God said, this is the land of milk and honey. There will be plenty. If you obey me, I will see to it that your crops are good every year. So they're all together to celebrate people coming to Jerusalem from all those countries. You listed Parthia, Mead, Mesopotamia. All these Jews are coming together, a big pilgrimage, and they're expecting to hear the priest at the temple. And instead, God has another plan he sends Peter out there with a message.
1: Yes, and and God is doing something new here, moving from the Old Testament to yeah. a new thing in the New Testament with the church that mm-hmm. he's setting up and starting, and that's why he works this miracle to show that God is doing something here. Yeah, very important. That this yeah. is from God. And then in verse 12 of Acts 2, it says they were all amazed. They were amazed that this wonderful work of God that's mentioned in 11, that they could understand all these languages. And they were all amazed and were in doubt, saying one to another, what meaneth this? Question mark. Yeah. And then others mocking said these men are full of new wine. And then there's a new paragraph in verse 14, and I'm going to read just maybe 10 verses or so. It says, but Peter, Peter, the apostle standing up with the 11, he lifted up his voice and he said unto them, ye men of Judea and of all that dwell at Jerusalem, be this known unto you and hearken to my words for these are not drunken as ye suppose, seeing it is but the third hour of the day. That would be nine in the morning. Yeah, this is nine in the yeah, morning. Yeah, Yeah. But this is that which was spoken by the prophet Joel, which is an Old Testament prophet in the yep. Old Testament. Yep. And he's saying this, is, this was foretold, okay? So in verse 17, he says, yep. And it shall come to pass in the last days, saith God, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh, and your sons and your daughters shall prophesy, and your young men shall see visions, and your old men shall dream dreams. And on my servants and on my handmaidens I will pour out in those days of my spirit, and they shall prophesy." And I will show wonders in heaven above, and signs in the earth beneath, blood and fire and vapor of smoke. The sun shall be turned into darkness, and the moon into blood, before that great and notable day of the Lord come. And it shall come to pass that whosoever shall call on the name of the Lord shall be saved. I'll stop there for a minute. So Peter, this is the first preaching, the first preaching of the gospel message that happens in... Now the the new age of the church. The New Testament. Here we are. It's the first New Testament sermon that's going
2: to be given after Jesus has ascended back to heaven and he's passing the baton and the baton is a spiritual baton uh, because we saw when the day was come, there was suddenly uh, from heaven, this mighty rushing wind. It was the Holy Ghost. It was the spirit of God coming on these men and preparing them for that ministry because truthfully, uh, gentlemen, I think you would agree, you really can't do the ministry of God if you don't have the Spirit of God Amen. anointing you and
1: working Amen. with you. Amen. In other words, we can't
0: do it in our own spirit. Amen. No. Amen. It's and not correct. by
1: power or good words. Right.
0: Correct me if I'm wrong. Now, Peter is the first one, aside Jesus Christ in the New Testament, because he's talking about long-term prophecy here. What, yeah, what he's doing he's the here. the first one, I believe, to, to start. I mean, because short, short-term prophecy, Jesus has already... He's come. He's risen, he's uh, crucified and risen. So now he's already going into that that day of the Lord.
2: Yeah, he's What well, I think this what ties up when
0: he when he uh, was in Second Peter. Th- this is kind of deep. Yes, Second Peter is the day deep. of the Lord. This, this is this is deep.
2: deep because uh, I don't know how deep to go. With Just you. Uh, a simple
1: <laughs> overview.
2: Okay. Well, in in the Old Testament, remember they would give prophecies about the coming of the Messiah. Amen. Yes. And we would read about, uh, 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 behold, a, a virgin shall be with a child. And and this is a sign I will give you. And so there's the coming of the Messiah. We also get the talk that the uh, he will sit on the throne in Jerusalem and will rule and all nations will serve under him. So you've got these prophecies in the Old Testament. Now, when we look at them, we find out, well, wait, there was... A prophecy for his first coming, the child will be born. Yes. A prophecy for the second coming when he'll sit on the throne. Right. And so in the Old Testament, there was what called near-term prophecies, meaning the first coming, and far-term prophecies of the second coming. Yes. And what Peter is doing here is he's pulling out this prophecy of Joel, and he's saying right now what God is doing is a very partial fulfillment of this prophecy, because what he wants to do to you is if you will all, and from chapter two, all the way through chapter seven, he's going to keep offering them, please, you Jewish people, turn back to this Jesus. You're going to read those verses in a few minutes. And turn back to Jesus, the one you crucified 50 days ago. Turn back to him and God will send him back and he'll move the second Prophecy right up till now. It won't have to wait another two thousand years. Amen. He's trying to make an offer. Because he,
1: it's a second chance for the nation Israel.
2: Yes. Even after the crucifixion. So, of Jesus. so so when you read it in verse um 18, My servants, my handmaids, I'll pour out my spirit. Well, you're seeing that now. If you accept it, verse 19, I'll also show wonders in the heaven and the sun will be darkened and the great and the notable day of the Lord will come if you receive it. And so between 18 and 19, it's now dependent on, well, are you going to believe it? Are you going to
0: receive it? For the Jews. For the Jews. And And, and he's, he's offering signs. He, he is offering signs for the Jews, which yeah. would, if they would Jews receive require it. if they would receive it. But they didn't. And, and they didn't. So yeah. he, he, Sadly, t- they he didn't. turned to us dogs, Yeah, Gentile dogs. It
1: shows God's mercy in the fact that he sent his prophets. They killed the prophets. He sent his son. They killed his son. And now he's sending he's apostles. Still, now he's sending apostles and, and they're he's gonna, still giving the nation Israel a chance, and you another know the, chance. The sad thing is they're going to kill all the
2: apostles except for one, John yeah the fox's book of martyrs shows that every one of those apostles was martyred for his faith the only one that got to live a full life was john one out of 12 yeah yeah
1: and so like the bible says it's the gospel to the jew first and also to the greek so god is still working with the jews right here here in jerusalem around the temple yes okay Mm -hmm. and so uh picking up in verse 22 peter still preaching and he says Now, who's he talking to? Ye
2: men of Israel.
1: The first four words. There you go. (laughs) Ye men of Israel, hear these words. Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, meaning there's no mistake. Well, you
2: you know, the interesting thing is I'm, I'm going back. I'm trying to think if I was there that day. Now, it's been 50 days since Jesus Christ was crucified and he's back up in heaven now. But if I was there and I was any one of those Jewish men, why would I be there? Well, I came for Pentecost, right? If I came for Pentecost, I'm probably a faithful Jew, which means I was probably there for the Passover when he hung on the cross. Not only that, six months before that, I was there for tabernacles and and I was probably there the year before at the Passover. Yes. Now, during all those times, one of the things Jesus did is we read in Matthew, Mark, Luke, he's doing wonders and signs. He's healing people. He's putting limbs back on people. He's giving sight to blind people. Never in he's secret.
1: Do, always. He's doing
2: all these things. And the odds are I probably saw him do a miracle or I actually know someone he did a miracle right, on.
1: Right. There's no way I can deny it. No denying. No. Absolutely. These people are either eyewitnesses of the miracles yeah. or at least know someone like Pastor said. yeah and so he says, ye men of Israel hear these words, Jesus of Nazareth, a man approved of God among you by miracles and wonders and signs, which God did by him in the midst of you, as ye yourselves also know. Him being delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God, ye have taken and by wicked hands have crucified and slain, whom God hath raised up, having loosed the pains of death, because it was not possible that he should be holding of it.
2: yeah that, that's a it's, <laughs> this is nothing that amazes me. We're reading the authorized version here right yeah. And so we know that this is the author in heaven gave these words first for Peter to speak and then for whoever it is to record them, whether they were recorded back then 2,000 years ago in Greek are now brought to us perfectly in English and and I'm reading this and if you're looking at it, he's beginning in verse 22. He begins in verse 22 there's no period goes on to verse 23 there's no period you're right goes on to verse 24 finally there's a period and i look at this long compound sentence with so much meat in it that you you gotta almost take a knife and a fork and cut it down <laughs> phrase by phrase and then i'd back up and i go wait a second isn't this the fisherman peter I mean, right. he probably not, he probably like Jethro Bodini never got past the sixth right. grade. You would think How is he writing something so like complex. That? <laughs> yes.
0: Amen. It's holy Ghost is God. Of, yes. The
2: holy men of God speaking Amen. as they're being directed. Amen. Amen. Yeah. And, Amen. And he's telling us, he's saying in verse 23 Jesus Christ was delivered by the determinate counsel and foreknowledge of God. He, Foreknowledge, that's knowledge long, long time ago. I mean, a long, long time ago, back before the Garden of Eden, the council and the foreknowledge of God determined God the Father, God the Son. They sat around and said, You know, if these people sin, there's going to need to be a sacrifice, and a man is going to have to give his life. Who's gonna volunteer? Holy Ghost says, don't look at me. And God the Father says, well, I can't get off the throne. And then Jesus says, well, maybe I'll do it for you, Father. And then, the, and then God says, okay, if this is the council, then let's determine ahead of time, this is the way it's gonna be done. And what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna have you be delivered, being delivered by a virgin. I work this out. I'm gonna give you to this nation. And what did they do with you? Now they took you and by wicked hands, they crucified and they slayed you in a way by,
1: you know, getting the Romans to do their dirty work. Yeah. Amen. Mm-hmm. And, and like you're saying, I mean, this is a fisherman, Peter. Yeah. Right. And you look at the words, there is no wasted words. No, it's very tightly edited. Incredible, and not only that, he's he's making it very personal to them about the miracles and wonders and signs that he did in the midst of you, as ye yourselves he, ye, also ye know. Pointing right at yeah, them, yeah, ye know, ye men of Israel, right? Yep. He's making it very plain and clear. Yeah, and then uh, he he starts out and he's talking about, he's pointing them to the scriptures with the prophet Joel. This is this from the prophet Joel, right? And then the next thing in verse 25, he starts talking to them about David Mm -hmm, because mm -hmm. he's going back to the scriptures again. He's following the example, just like uh, you've heard before about what would Jesus do, right? Right. This is what Jesus would do. He would take people to the scriptures. He would remind them of what the prophets said. And now Peter, as an apostle filled with the Holy Ghost, is doing the same exact thing. And people today, in our day and age, they wonder, well, what should a Christian do? You know, a member of the church, what should a Christian do? Do what Jesus did. Do what Peter did. Same thing. Bring him to the scriptures. Well, Jesus Jesus said... um, Oh, you slow of heart to believe
2: all that the prophets have spoken. Ought not the Messiah to have suffered and enter into his glory? And then beginning at Moses and in all the prophets, Jesus expounded to them all the scriptures, the things concerning himself. And Peter's doing it too. In other Mm -hmm. words, if we want to show somebody Jesus, we got to take him to the book,
0: right? Take him to the book. And and what's, what's interesting that I always found about this passage is that you know, John says he ends his book, and he says you you can't the world can't contain all right. the miracles and everything that Jesus Christ did and taught them. Yes, and and he, he said many times, and he taught them, and he taught them, and he taught them. Yep. And they go on to the next verse. We're talking they go on to the next verse. There's no filler there. Well, these words I feel right over here. This is what he heard his master, and and this is when he said, don't when 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 Jesus said, don't worry about what to say. The Holy Ghost, well, right, and this is at what's that ha- moment will tell this, you what to speak. I think this is what's happening. Yes, right over here. sure, Amen. You know.
1: And he's being led by the Holy Ghost. And then Amen. here in verse twenty-five, he starts talking about David, and he's talking about King David from the Old Testament. For David speaketh concerning him, meaning Jesus, I foresaw the Lord always before my face, for He is on my right hand that I should not be moved. Therefore did my heart rejoice, and my tongue was glad moreover also my flesh shall rest in hope interesting because thou wilt not leave my soul in hell neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption thou hast made known to me the ways of life thou shalt make me full of joy with thy countenance I'll so he pause there. Qu- he quotes a psalm that david wrote a
2: thousand years ago psalm 16 and he picks it up around verse 7 runs it pretty much to the end verse 11 and he quotes all these verses And my first thought would be, why are you quoting a a Psalm of David? I mean, David wrote this Psalm. I'm going to assume David was talking about himself. David says, I foresaw the Lord. Uh, My heart will rejoice. My flesh shall rest in hope. David's talking about when he has his resurrection. I mean, that's what the first thought would be. But now Peter's going to explain it because God, the Holy Ghost is going to tell him, well, yeah,
0: yeah, it's, <laughs> well, tones, well you know, you know, Peter, you know, you know, the Lord probably explained to them all because he said it to, um, he said it to the Pharisees, you know, how read it that the Lord said to my Lord, right. Sit down and I'll make the world your, your step stool, um, your footstool. But and I think that's what happened here. I mean, Jesus went outside. So you know that in the evening over a fire and whatnot. These are the words. This these oh, are the teachings. Jesus yeah. taught them all these things. I agree with he you. Prepared that he prepared Jesus, them. She says he like he said, like he told them. This is what David said. I am He. Right. I am the you know search right. the scriptures. Right. right.
2: So right. so so probably what happened is like we do sometimes. With this morning at my house, a couple of guys came over, and uh, and we sat down. And uh, had some coffee, and the Bible was out, and we were discussing things from the Bible, uh, like a kitchen table Bible study. And Amen. here they were out there, like you say, they just had mm-hmm. dinner, and they're sitting around afterwards. And there was really nothing good on TV. Back. Nazareth had a terrible reception. <laughs> I mean, there was a wavy <laughs> picture. So, so they're sitting out there, going, "What do you want to do? Let's talk Bible." And Jesus, so
0: he taught them for three and a half years. So it was almost right. like exactly. a Bible college for what, them. What yeah. else? What else? You think they did right? Right. You know, and, and, and they sat at, they, like, like Mary, and like every one of us would sit at his feet and just be mesmerized
1: with his words. Well, since you guys are on this topic for one second, I'll just say this. This is the early church, and the early church is full of the Holy Ghost, mm-hmm. right? And they're doing things well at this point right here. Correct. And it's more of a pure form of the church. Yes. Not so corrupted like it is today right. with different, all different kinds of things. But anyways, my point is, you don't need to run off to Bible college if you think you want to serve the Lord. People today think, oh, I think I got a calling from the Lord. I think I, I, I want to serve the Lord. I want to be a pastor or I want to be whatever, an evangelist. And they think they have to run off to Bible college. Yes. Is that what these guys did? No, they did not. They spent time with the Lord Jesus Christ. And how do you do that today? In the Bible. Sure. He is the word.
0: He has he goes, to spend time with his and word. And again, in listener, this is Peter speaking, but he's basically speaking what he was taught by, by, by the Lord Jesus yeah, Christ. Yeah. And, and And Luke the historian is putting them down perfectly for us. And when you read these words, it's Peter speaking, speaking, but it's got the spirit of, of Jesus Christ behind it.
1: Absolutely. So he's going to explain more about this with David. He says, verse 29, Men and brethren, let me freely speak unto you of the patriarch David. That he is both dead and buried. <laughs> there you <go>. And his <laughs> sepulcher is with us unto this day. <laughs> right. So he
0: hasn't resurrected. Change out the word David. And you could, how about Muhammad? Yeah. How about Buddha? Yeah. But, you know, just change out all those words. Well, if they
2: weren't
1: around yet. Well,
0: isn't that well, the state of know,
1: mankind since Adam? People
2: yeah. die, die and they're buried and they don't yes. come back That's to right. life.
1: Yes. And verse 30 says, Therefore, being a prophet, which David was a prophet, and knowing that God had sworn with an oath to him that of the fruit of his loins, according to the flesh, he would raise up Christ to sit on his throne. He, seeing this before, spake of the resurrection of Christ, meaning David spoke of this, right? Yes, that's right. That his soul was not left in hell, neither his flesh did see corruption. This Jesus hath God raised up, whereof we all are witnesses.
2: Amen, amen. Well, you know, we're, we're just about toward the time for our station break right here on the What Is Truth uh, radio show, and we're with you every Sunday morning at uh, 7 a.m. Thank you for joining us. If you want to catch some of the old shows, we are sponsored by Grace and Truth Church. You have to go to the website, uh, Grace, A-N-D, Truth Church. Dot O-R-G. Got to spend out that long word, graceandtruthchurch.org. Uh, up will come the homepage. Uh, click uh, sermons and then click YouTube and go to the What Is Truth show and you can listen to the old shows. Uh, we're having a good time in the scriptures. We appreciate you being with us. With uh, Stick around. We're going to be back right after a station break. Amen.
1: What is truth? What is truth? You want answers? I think I'm entitled. To. You want answers? I want the truth. You can't handle the truth.
2: Do like Jesus said search the scriptures and you'll know what is truth. Amen. Welcome back after that brief station break. And Johnny Cash, good to have you with us on the What is Truth program. We are in the book, The Acts of the Apostles, chapter 2. We're reading the first sermon. Of the New Testament, given after Jesus Christ has ascended back to heaven, he's taking Peter, he's using Peter, as the apostle to the Jews right outside the temple in Jerusalem on Pentecost Day. And I guess
1: the theme of his message is the Savior. The Savior, yeah. He's pointing them to Jesus. Yeah. And... You know, he's using the scriptures first with the prophet Joel and now with the patriarch David, pointing them back to the scriptures, rooting them in the scriptures to let them know that this is this is of God. This is a movement of God. This is what God is doing. You need to get on board. And so we left off here where he's talking about David. And uh, just before the break, Peter, he's preaching, and he said, This Jesus hath God raised up, verse 32, whereof we are all witnesses, we all are witnesses, therefore being by the right hand of God exalted and having received of the Father the promise of the Holy Ghost, he has shed forth this. He's talking about this languages and the tongues. He has shed forth this. And when he says he, he's talking about God did this. That's right. right, The work of God. Yeah. Which ye now see and hear. For David is not ascended into the heavens, but he saith himself, The Lord said unto my Lord, Sit thou on my right hand, until I make thy foes thy footstool. And he quotes another psalm, Psalm 110.
2: And so he, every time he reaches back into the scriptures, he's able to find a portrait of Jesus Christ in the Old Testament because Somebody once said you could sum the Old Testament up in a single word, the Messiah, Christ. Amen. It's
1: pointing forward to the Messiah. Amen. And in the New Testament, Jesus says, search the scriptures. For in them you think ye have eternal life, and they are they which testify of me. The whole book is about Christ, Jesus Christ. And so then in verse 36, Peter says, therefore, let all the house of Israel, and I circled that in my Bible, he's speaking to the house of Israel, he's speaking to the Jews, Yeah. yeah. He says, therefore, let all the house of Israel know assuredly that God hath made that same Jesus whom ye have crucified, both Lord and Christ. Now that's really putting it right to them. Sure. Sure.
2: Because he started in verse 22, you men of Israel, hear these words. Do you remember that guy, Jesus of Nazareth, that itinerant preacher that came down out of Galilee and walked around for three years that we all, that same Jesus, not another one, That one right there, that's the Lord and the Christ. Uh, He's trying to get them to think, okay, the scriptures told us he was coming. We've been around for the last three years. We've seen him at the temple. We saw the miracles. We saw him crucified. We've now heard about the resurrection. There are witnesses of the resurrection. If I put two and two together, this is the one. I should probably make the same confession, and that night, it says uh Jesus stood in the midst and said to Thomas, Thomas, reach hither thy finger, behold my hands, reach hither thy hand, thrust it into my side, be not faithless, be believing. And Thomas answered and said, My Lord and my God. Amen. That's, and that's, that's a good connection. Yeah, that's what that's what God
1: wants every soul to come to that conclusion. Amen. I mean, the messiah is there the proof is in all through the prophets and all the prophecy that god had foretold about jesus christ and the first coming and it's undeniable as the same thing as these people had seen these miracles and the signs and the wonders that's undeniable yeah but in our time we have the bible which you cannot deny the prophecies in the bible and 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 the thing about all those prophecies
2: is they're not divergent they're all convergent they all come together to one man yes Jesus of Nazareth and when you read them you go this is the lord and this is the messiah the christ and that's what they're trying to teach us that's what the bible's trying to show
1: and even though he's speaking to the house of israel he's speaking to the jews yes this is still this this message reaches out to the church to to christians to believers because i, I just want to say this quickly. Some people don't understand a whole lot about what God has foretold in his book Correct. about what's to come. Yeah, But he did just in the sense of the first coming of Christ, which happened 2,000 years Correct. ago. There's at least 109 prophecies that God wrote, say a 1,000 years or 700 years before Jesus was Correct. born. Specific, detailed prophecies mm-hmm. that came true, every last one of them, Didn't rock solid, one. Didn't yeah? Hundred nine out of hundred nine. Batted a thousand. Not a deal, right? <laughs> yeah. And even in a twenty-four hour period around the, the cross, there were twenty-five prophecies in in just a twenty-four hour period fulfilled. Fulfilled, all fulfilled. Nothing broken. Nothing yes. lost. Yes. And that being said, the probabilities you had mentioned recently about the compound probabilities is yes. far beyond the billions. Way yeah, way beyond. Far beyond. And so this is undeniable. And so here, nobody's falling asleep while Peter's preaching. I no, say that because if you, if you look at verse uh, 37, yep, it says, Now when they heard this, the Jews have been listening to Peter. Now mm-hmm. when they heard this, they were pricked in their heart. And they said unto Peter and to the rest of the apostles, Men and brethren, what shall we do? That's a good question. It's like, it's like we made a mistake. Right. I, I mean because uh, you know we go back a
2: couple books and we read about that uh, time uh that final week that uh, Luke called it the passion week and we know what happened i mean jesus uh, made the triumphal entry on sunday and then he came back and he taught in the temple on monday and tuesday and then uh, wednesday he had the last supper but by thursday the crowds are gathering crucify him crucify him and uh, I think a lot of times what happens is people do things in a crowd they don't ordinarily do alone. There's right. like a, it's like a wave you get caught up in. Yes. And a lot of these people may have, these are people here for Pentecost. They were there for Passover 50 days ago. These are, are faithful Jews. Yes. And and their leaders were saying, crucify, crucify. And if the leaders are saying it, Okay, then our leaders are saying, crucify, crucify. They don't even know what they're saying. That's why I think Jesus prayed, Father, forgive them. They don't know what they're saying. They don't know what they're doing. Some of them Men are like sheep. They yeah. kind of just follow the pack. And so they're following along. And and now all of a sudden the leaders aren't there and Peter is out there and he's trying to show them, do you see the scriptures all pointed to this man? And maybe you couldn't see it before but now afterwards, he's been resurrected, yes. and the Bible talked about this. What do you think? And they're pricked in their heart. They go, oh my goodness, what have we done? What shall
1: we what do? What shall we do now? To, can we fix this? And, and so Peter gives them the answer. Then Peter said unto them, repent, yes, and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of sins, and ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. Period. Yeah. And I want to say this is a famous verse in the Bible. A lot of people talk about Acts 238. Yes. I heard it so many times yes, in the yes. last twenty years, Acts two thirty-eight. Because people think that this verse says that you have to be baptized in order to be saved. Yes. But if you're if you be patient and just look down the page just a little bit in verse 41. Verse forty-one is a new paragraph, and it says, "Then they that they that gladly gladly received His word—I circled word—were yeah. baptized. So first, you have to receive His word; you have to receive the preaching of the gospel, correct, and believe in Christ and put your trust in Christ and the blood that He shed on Calvary's cross and the fact that—and I'm not trying to throw in too many ands, but it's—it's it's the simple fact; it's the finished work of the cross. Yes, yes. OK, absolutely. And the blood of Jesus Christ cleanses us from all sin,
2: as the Bible says. Yeah. But the, but one of the key words that he gave them when they said they turned to Peter and they they were pricked in their heart. First off, there's a lot of good things there to be pricked in the heart. That means in my conscience, something like an alarm clock went off Amen. and made me think. I mean, the whole key. Why is it that some people do uh, hear the gospel and they do receive and they repent some people hear it and they don't receive it and i think the reason is um the what god wants to do with that conscience is just prick it enough to make it ring to make it make you think but uh, i i used to i I had a friend of mine and uh what he did was he wanted to play upright bass (laughs) and and so one day i was at his house and he said you ought to try this and I was trying to play the upright bass. And what happened was bothering my fingers to hold those strings down. I said, this hurts. Mm. This is this is painful to my fingers. It really kind of pricks or irritates my fingers. He says, yeah, but if you do it for a few weeks, you'll build calluses. You won't feel it anymore. Mm. And he built a callus on the sensitive part of his finger. And what happens to a lot of us over time is we our conscience becomes calloused. And when the word of God comes, it doesn't prick our conscience anymore these people were people who had come to the temple that day because they wanted to hear a word from the bible they expected the priest to give them the traditional word from the bible and a man of god came and brought them god's word from the bible and they did want to hear they were still sensitive enough that their conscience was pricked amen and 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 they said oh i want to respond properly to what god wants me to do verse 38 repent, Amen, and
1: and turn back to the truth and turn to the Messiah. Amen. And as the Bible does many, many times, it clarifies things as you continue reading. And I'll just jump ahead just a little bit in Acts 20, verse 21. The Bible says, testifying both to the Jews and also to the Greeks, repentance toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, why why is that important? Because you just saw here in Acts 2.38 that Peter told them to repent. Yeah. What does that mean? What does it mean to repent? Well, it's yeah. defined right there in Acts 2021. 20, Repentance toward God means turning toward God and faith toward our Lord Jesus Christ. It's like a two step. Step number one, turn towards God. Step number two, place your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ.
2: And and the interesting thing is I'm I'm thinking about these men again. Uh, they're they're all going. No, this is Jewish men going to the temple if I was to bring it up to the time I grew up in the 1960s, I don't remember much of the fifties. I was born in 54, but by 60, 61, I remembered things. I remember every Sunday, a bunch of men, I lived in little Italy, Hmm. you know, on the East side. And we'd all get up our families and we'd walk to the neighborhood church. And when we went to church, well, we went to church. It was our religious duty. That's what we did, and they're all yeah. coming as part of the religious duty. Their tradition, and and they're expecting to hear the priest give them a traditional word. And instead, what they heard today, every time Peter spoke, he said uh, this saith God, this came from God. This is a man approved by God. These are signs and wonders done by God. This is one that God raised up. He keeps showing instead of the temple, I want you to look to God, repent toward the God and his words and his son. And he was trying to redirect their attention. I mean, why do we have a church? Why do we have a temple? What's Isn't it because about? God is supposed to be there? Right. Shouldn't we be looking for God rather than the church and the temple? These
1: men got it that day. Yes. And, and God would like some of us to get it today. Well, we all have a conscience. The Bible says yeah. in, in Romans chapter one that God has given us all a conscience. And yeah. so we all have a conscience. And like you said, some consciences are pretty calloused. Yeah. But God would like to soften that conscience. He would like to do that. And it's, it's like rain... A light rain softens a hard ground. Sure. And it's the Bible talks about the same sort of thing, that the Word of God is like water, and it softens the hard heart. And you need to hear from God. People, you you might not think that you have a hard heart, but, you know, this world has a lot of things, whether it's media, television, movies, news, whatever it may be, it's a lot of things that kind of make you think, well, I'm not as dark as that. I'm not as deranged as that Comparing ourselves one to
2: another which is not wise. Right. I didn't shoot somebody today. I'm right. I'm a better guy. And so that kind of hardens my conscience at thinking eh, I'm not so bad. Correct. Yeah. Correct. But but you were talking about the rain and God said to Moses he said listen children of Israel give ear o ye heavens and I will speak and hear o earth the words of my mouth. My doctrine and my words shall drop as
1: the rain. Deuteronomy 32. Yeah. And so that's what, that's what we need. Amen. We need to hear the word of God. Okay, good. And so, uh, and, and everything that Peter is telling them, he's going to the scriptures for it. Perfect. Perfect. And so this shows you how you can get right with God. This shows you how you can have a relationship with God, how you can uh, fix things between you and God. Yeah. We had some repairmen at the house today. And uh, my wife,
2: she loves to talk to them about the Lord. She was giving them little tiny Bibles with some key scriptures. And she was trying to say to the young men, faith is not just believing in God. It's believing what God said and what he wrote. That's why I'm giving you these little books. Please look Amen. into them.
1: Yeah, Amen. Yeah. And so, so again, Peter tells them what to do. He says, repent and be baptized every, every one of you in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission of sins. And you shall receive the gift. It's a free gift of the Holy Ghost. Yes. Verse 39, "...for the promise is unto you and to your children." It's a promise to the Jews. yeah, And to all that are afar off, even as many as the Lord our God shall call. Thank God he said that because it's not just to the Jews, it's to the whole world. And and it said the call of God goes out to the whole world. Amen. Sadly, some people refuse it. Yeah. Yeah. And in verse 40, he says, and with many other words, did he testify and exhort saying, save yourselves from this untoward generation. It's an interesting phrase.
2: First off, I guess what, the Holy Ghost is telling us many other words that he testify and exhort. His sermon was longer than just these verses we got here. Yes. He probably took some other passages from the Bible, maybe Isaiah, maybe another place of Moses. And he was trying to confirm and bring them all together to point out Christ. But the one thing he exhorted them, which is, come on, do something about it. Save yourselves from this generation, which is, untoward. It's not going toward God. Bingo. The present
1: generation is moving to the left or away from God. Away from God. We see that today. I I can think of so many times where I hear something from a news report and your initial reaction is to say, that is crazy. That is crazy. (laughs) And then I fix what I'm saying. And I said, no, actually that's ungodly. That's what that is. You see this where they're abusing kids. You see this where they're abusing widows and, and they're just stealing from poor and, and just sure. people that can't defend themselves. And at first you're like, that's just crazy. That's nuts. No, it's actually, it's ungodly. Sure, it's this un- world is going against God. Uh, it's away from God and away from
2: his word and away from the goodness of God. Yeah. Yeah. God's a good God. I'm toward Because if you're going toward God, you're going toward the ultimate source of blessing and goodness and love. And joy and peace. And he's saying, look, repent, turn back to God, go
1: in that direction. Amen. Amen. Don't follow the crowd over there. He's using the scriptures. He's using the good book to show them a good God who lives in a good place called heaven. Amen. Yeah. And then verse 41, then they that gladly received his word were baptized. And I have circled in my Bible word. Yeah. You have to receive his word. That's right. That's the first step. Yeah, First you get saved. Yeah. Then
2: you get baptized. So so you have to at least be of an age where you can read or write or understand the language that you're born in. These men were men who understood their language. They heard preaching in their language. They got to think about it and process it
1: and make a decision. Well, since we're talking about this, there's a lot of churches in America today. There's churches around the world, right? And the church started 2,000 years ago. Correct. So there's a lot of church buildings out there. Yes. And these church buildings, many, many people, including churches that I grew up in when I was young, they look at the church building as a building, Okay. okay? And they think, okay, this is the place where I was baptized. This is the place where I was confirmed. Right. This is the place where I communed. Maybe this is even the place where I got married in, okay? Okay. But that's not what we're seeing here in the Bible. Yeah, here's the beginning of the New Testament
2: church, and it it came with the Holy Ghost comes to some men, anoints the men, tells the men, go into the Bible, pull out these passages, explain to the people around you about the Lord and the Christ, the Messiah, let them know that God was so pleased with his sacrifice that it wasn't possible that death could hold him. God raised him from the dead to show to everybody and now turn back to God and turn to his son and all the adults that agreed and gladly received the word yes are the ones that got baptized. They were all adults that were baptized after
1: hearing a great sermon from the Bible about Jesus Christ. In fact, you've read the Bible cover to cover multiple times, yep. many, yep. many times. There's not one instance anywhere in the scriptures of an infant being baptized. No, no. Not once not neither testament, so no. So if that was an important thing at all in the building it would of the be church, it's always book. adults. Yes. It's always adults. And so, like we said a few minutes ago, we said that people are like sheep and they just kinda of follow along. Right. You know, all we as sheep have gone astray, the book of Isaiah says. So so if we met some people
2: who it became their tradition to let's say baptize a little child or an infant and then say you're okay uh, traditionally you're set with this church Peter might turn and say look save yourselves from this untoward generation this is not going toward God this is a generation going toward a tradition I want you to turn back to the scriptures and see
1: how Jesus is Lord and Christ in the scriptures and." Amen. And he's pointing out in verse 38 about in the name of Jesus Christ. That's right. It's about the power in that name of Jesus Christ. We're going to see that more later in the book of Acts. So read those verses 41 and 42 again and see what happens. So here it is. The Bible says, Then they that gladly received his word were baptized. Okay. And the same day there were added unto them about 3,000 souls. And what did they do after that? And they continued steadfastly in the apostles' doctrine, and fellowship, and in breaking of bread, and in prayers. That's so, what they did. So so they, they got
2: together in fellowship, and the number one thing mentioned is the apostles' doctrine. Yes. They they stayed to the doctrine. And I remember one of the great apostles wrote a book, not only about doctrine, but to a young man who wanted to be a pastor. Ah, Timothy. Yeah. And, and he told him, he said, uh, Timothy... 2nd uh, Timothy chapter three fourteen, continue thou in the things which thou hast learned, uh, verse 15, from a child thou hast known the holy scriptures, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. He had a mother that was a believer in Jesus, yes. and she would tell him about uh, a Jesus when he was a little boy. And then he said, now that you're a pastor, Timothy, remember verse 16, all scripture, these books you have here from Moses and my books and, and Peter's books and, and Luke's books are given by the inspiration of God. And these scriptures are profitable for doctrine. The first thing mentioned is doctrine. There is an un, doctrine means an unchanging teaching from a master. The master of the temple Jesus Christ the master of the church said these are my words and they're always going to point you in one like a compass in one direction right to true north amen and they continued
1: steadfastly in the apostles doctrine amen yeah. now i it's funny i'm i'm here saying amen to what you're <laughs> saying right and a lot of people in american churches when they hear a teaching in yes. a church you're teaching from the Bible, yes. they'll say amen as like a confirmation. Like I agree, let it be, I agree. so be it. Yes. yes, but I've read recently that over in Australia, many churches, they don't say amen. When a preacher is preaching and they agree with it, they say sound doctrine, sound oh, doctrine. Interesting. Yes. <laughs> well, amen's a lot shorter,
2: but <laughs> and easier to write, but okay, yes. they agree. the two agree,
1: yes. But, but doctrine is vitally important. Okay, but- yeah, you can't change God's teaching. And uh, so... Then, verse 43, and it says, and fear came upon every soul, and many wonders and signs were done by the apostles. By who? By the apostles. By the
2: apostles. This is the
1: acts of
2: the apostles.
1: Yes. And they were given sign power. When they're all gone, no more signs, because the Bible's complete. Correct. Yeah. And this is all these signs that were done by them like the languages and some different things that are mentioned at the end of mark's gospel yes right at the end of mark's gospel i think i should go there for a minute because you brought that point up about uh, mark 16 yeah yeah. this is the apostles and what do the apostles do the power that was given to them by god and to show that this was a new work of god absolutely and so at the end of mark's gospel Verse 17, this is Mark sixteen seventeen. And Jesus is speaking to them, telling he's, them this is going to happen when I leave. And he says, and these signs shall follow them that believe. In my name shall they cast out devils. They shall speak with new tongues. They shall take up serpents. And if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. They shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. Now he's speaking to the apostles. Yeah. You know why? Cause I'll tell you why. Cause you might read that and go, well, these
2: signs will follow them that believe. Well, I believe, but th- it begins with the paragraph marking in verse 14. And here he is uh, right after his uh, resurrection. And what had happened was uh, verse 14 afterward, he, Jesus appeared to the 11 as they sat at meat and he upbraided those 11 apostles with their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they believe not them, which had seen him after he was risen on the first day at first. Oh, I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I believe this. And he's, he's upbraiding them for unbelief. And he's saying, listen, you still need to grow in your faith. And when you grow in your faith, and when you finally get that, I'm going to give you the apostolic signs and power, but until you let your faith grow and they had to go back and they studied the word of God for 50 days, And studied and studied and studied, and they continued, and then God said, they're ready now. Now I can give them
1: the apostles. Amen. He wasn't talking to just anybody. Well, not only in, you mentioned verse 14, afterward, he appeared unto the 11. So he's appearing to the 11 apostles minus Minus Judas, Judas, right? And the very next verse, verse 15, and he said unto them. Those 11. It doesn't say he said unto all. No. He, He said unto them. What does he say? Go ye into all the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Gee, it seems like the gospel's involved with what's going on with these signs. <laughs> Absolutely. He's starting out the <laughs> preaching of the gospel. Yeah. And he's affirming that this is a movement of God. Amen. And when you look at the the signs that are going to follow, meaning they're going to cast out devils, they're going to take up serpents, if they drink any deadly thing, it shall not hurt them. That's not happening today. No. People, people ought not to take up serpents like some churches in the South. There's a, a couple that do something like that or drink poison. No. The, the Bible does not tell you to do that. No. That was a sign given just to the apostles. And you've said before that if you look at the example through the whole of the book of yes. the Bible, yes. you'll see that in the Old Testament, there was Moses, a mighty prophet who worked some signs, and then shortly after him... He had Joshua. His apprentice. Yep. And he worked a few signs. Maybe I should have you explain this. And that was just
2: for, uh, yeah, when you look at the history of the Bible, I was stunned to find this. Because I think of the Bible as a book about miracles. And it is in the sense that you're going to find miracles in the Bible, but not everywhere. Yes. That's the minority of God's work. The majority of his work is recording truth for us to read. So I looked at the history, there's 4000 years of recorded history that God puts in the Bible, and only in 120 out of those 4000 years does God do any signs or miracles.
1: Only 120, One, 120
2: years 120 out, of four out of 4000, 3880 he ain't doing it because he figures my word is good enough, but I needed Moses to show the people you can trust this guy. He's going to get you across the Red Sea. I'm going to give him this power. Amen. And then it dried up 700 years later when the the people were disobeying. Let me send the miracle prophet Elijah to kind of turn them back to my words. And then 700 years later, here's Jesus and his apostles. Here's the New Testament. But you've got my book. Can't you trust me at my word? Can't you take me at my word, God says? And even Elijah had Elisha
1: to follow his, his him. His apprentice, yeah. yeah. Amen. And so when you look at the whole big picture bible cover to cover it's pretty clear like you said there's only a few instances and it's to show that god is moving here amen yeah. amen well look at this
2: we're just about out of time oh, and we finish in this uh, second chapter and we're seeing how god is beginning to build his church and jesus one day said to that same apostle peter he said you know i'm going to build my church and the gates of hell will not prevail against Amen. it. I'm going to build this thing till it's all finished and lift it up. And uh, the gates of hell may prevail against some of my Jews in the tribulation, but not against my church. I'm Amen. going to lift it up. And we're coming near, not just to this, the end of this uh, teaching today, but to the end of the church age. And God's message to people is, why don't you believe and know assuredly that God has made Jesus, the one who was crucified, Lord and Christ, And repent you and turn back to God and put your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And until we join you next week, search the scriptures
0: and you'll know what is truth. Amen. You've been listening to What is Truth? The radio show devoted to asking the question, what is truth? Listen every weekend at this time for What is Truth? Only on WECK.